Welcome, Elder Emos. I'm your host, Samit. And I'm Brittany. And on tonight's episode of the Elder Emo Hours, we have Jacob with Miramar Drive. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm great. How are you, ladies? Good. Good. I swear to God, we just talked about this, but I'm going to put it on the episode so it's in record. There's got to be something in the water in Orlando. Yes. I swear. Yes. So much <laughs> like, talent yeah. from coming from that area. Everyone we've talked to that's from Florida is like, yeah, we're from Orlando. And I'm like, what? Like, it's all in Florida. Florida and Ohio are like mm-hmm. the places right now where we've had like a lot of our artists. So yeah. one up north, one down south. Yeah, yeah we've it? always we've always had a pretty thriving scene here ever since I started. So, and uh, all the bands in the scene are really cool. Everyone's super nice. So yeah, it's it's a really uh, really fun and like supportive group of guys and gals. Oh yeah, for sure. 408's down there too. I forgot to mention that a little bit. 408's yeah. down there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, they're old friends. Oh yeah. Well, everybody that we interact with down there, including you guys, are currently killing it. Uh, so congratulations on everything that you guys have and everything that you guys have been doing all the way around. But the way that we always like to start our interviews is tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about Miramar Drive, about you guys, how you met, how you got the name. What is the story behind Miramar Drive? For sure. Um, so it started like in 2014. I want to say, uh, as a solo project. And honestly, I could trace it even before that, as far as like where the name came from and where I kind of got into music. So I got, I got into music when I was like 10 or 11, started playing guitar. Um, because I heard of this guy named Tom DeLong. And funnily enough, I didn't first hear about him through Blink-182. I heard about him through Angels and Airwaves. And... I just wanted to be him. I just wanted to do everything that he did. I aspired to, you know, play shows and record music and do the thing. Um, So at the time, this was, I'll go back like 10 years. I was living in Southern California at the time with my mom. And when I learned guitar, I was, I also wanted to record, but I didn't really have a setup. So I would go to this studio in LA about an hour north where we were and like every other weekend and she would drive me up there and pay for the sessions and I would record these Angels and Airwaves covers or Blink-182 covers and then it kind of got to a point where um, I was like I was really interested in what the producer was doing and I was like hmm maybe I could like do this myself and save my mom some money and save her some gas you know and save her some time sitting in LA traffic so that's what I did. Uh, I took my guitar, went, we lived in a beach town and I uh, went down to the pier that summer and started busking basically like people in the New York subways, but just did it at this beach pier. Uh, I was like 12, 13. Yeah. And just playing Blink-182 covers for money and uh, basically saved up enough money to buy some equipment to record. 
And that's kind of where my love for music started was in the production side of things. And that kind of blossomed into Miramar Drive. It started in California when I was younger, you know, middle school. And the name actually came from, uh, we had this show booked. It was our only show that I played with these two younger guys in middle school. Uh, and it was a chili cook-off and we needed a name. We hadn't come up with a name yet. And the drummer suggested, uh, how about the street you live on Miramar drive? So that was the street that I was living on at that time. And it just kind of stuck. So I moved back to Orlando when I was like 15, uh, back with my dad went to high school there and just kept making music under that name. And then it, you know, after a few years of doing everything myself, all the instruments, all the vocals kind of got to a point where, you know, I felt like I'd kind of plateaued like creatively and I wanted to like bring other people into the fold and like, cause that's how I always envisioned it was a band, but I can never really get people to co fully commit, you know? But then I found, uh, our bass player Micah and backing vocalists and our drummer Jack. Um, they were mutual friends, friends that played in other bands that I knew. And I was like, Hey, do you want to play on some of these recordings? And so that's where it kind of started was in like summer of 2018. We played our first show together and then we started recording stuff. And at first they weren't officially in the band. They were just kind of playing on stuff, but then it kind of evolved into being a band and uh that's when we decided to record our first album together and that was curtains which came out in early 2019 and yeah we've just been going ever since um you know just putting out putting out stuff when we can i mean we're all busy guys you know we're all in college uh our our guitarist charlie who is the younger brother jack he joined while we were making the album curtains he's up in uh gainesville which is about two hours north so um, he doesn't get to do as much stuff with us anymore, but you know, we've just continued to chug along and try to put out stuff as much as we can. Uh, I would have, I would love to do more and we're going to be doing more this year. So I'm really excited about it, but yeah, I'm really proud of what we've accomplished thus far. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Now, that was a solid backstory. I really yeah. liked that. <laughs> now, speaking of a lot of your backstory and the production side of things. Um, we discovered you guys through your music and everything as Miramar Drive, but then I've also seen you been popping up a lot as being the producer for a lot of artists that we've discovered down there as well. So are you still doing a lot of the recording stuff? Because I know you do a lot with Ivy Paint, as we talked about. Yeah. Um, but are you doing more of the, now, more of the studio-based stuff versus playing? Or what does that look like? It's, uh, I still do a lot for, for Miramar drive. Um, the only thing that I haven't been doing lately is recording drums. Cause that's a little more complicated. I mean, I, I, we've done it on a few things, uh, like Paperboy and caves. I tracked the drums for that, but, uh, the studio that we were using at the time shut down cause of the pandemic. So over the past couple of years, we've gone to different studios to do drums, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's, from from writing the songs to finishing and putting them out, it's pretty much been me and then the guys kind of doing their part, um, you know, bringing what they bring to the table musically. 
but as far as like the behind the scenes stuff and the production, yeah, it's still all me. And I, as you mentioned, still um, produce other bands, uh, namely Ivy Paint, uh, a few others, like uh, the bass player of our band, Micah, he's got a, a project um, that he's been getting more deep into lately. It's like progressive rock slash, it's a bit of metal stuff too. It's cool. Um, so I've been working on that with him. And uh, I produce stuff for other artists here and there, but a, a lot of a lot of my time is actually taken up with Ivy Paint. I, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty pretty deep in the Ivy Paint uh, machine because you know they've been picking up picking up steam over the past few years, uh, especially after you know Jason and the other guys joined. Um, things really started to pick up. That's super impressive. Like the just hearing hearing you talk about it and how it's like we're listening to all of this. Like there's so many different aspects your music and everything and you're like yeah it's all me i did i did all that i put all that together the production side of things and i'm just like i'm i'm mind blown like that's serious talent and that serious patience that's awesome i wish i had a small dose of that mm-hmm. when we were in a band because we probably would still be playing music <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is awesome um, yeah thanks so blink 182 I can make an assumption that's one of your biggest influences. Um, what are some of your other influences? Um, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, like it's weird that most people get into blink first and then kind of get into the side projects they had like angels and airwaves or plus 44 boxcar racer or whatever. For me, it was the other way around. Like I obviously I knew who Blink was. Like I had heard them on the radio growing up and stuff, all the small things, what's my age again, whatever. But um the band that really got me into music was Angels and Airwaves, which was like I think I, I didn't hear about them until like two thousand seven ish. So it was a couple of years after they started, but I just remember um going into my brother's room and he had like an iPod. I don't know if you remember the the little docks that you would put the iPod on and play through the speaker. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, we're old enough. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and so I walked in and he was playing this song Rite of Spring was playing and I was like, "Dude, what is this?" And then he said, "Oh, it's Angels and Airwaves." And then from there I just like dove really deep. And then I, you know, kind of worked backwards, you know, and got into Blink and um and then after Blink like got into kind of the adjacent bands like some 41 and my chemical romance and green day and um, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. My, my taste has always been a bit limited um, to that kind of stuff. Like, you know, but, and I try to expand a little bit, like over the past, like four or five years, I've gotten into more indie stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the label run for cover records mm-hmm. but have. they have some bands they have some bands like turnover and citizen i'm really into those um there's this other artist that m- maybe you've heard of maybe you haven't called Daywave. um he's like an indie artist so yeah i got i got a little more into the indie side of things but i always kind of find myself going back to like you know the sort of blink 182 ish stuff and, um, but I've, been, I've really been getting into local bands lately or, uh, you know, just smaller bands like arrows in action. 
you know, they kind of came from our scene as well. They were up in Gainesville, so they were a bit north. But I remember seeing them like years ago, like, you know, just playing, playing in little bars and stuff. They're uh, killing funnily, it right now. Yeah, they're really killing it. I saw them when they came through town just a couple weeks ago. They were awesome. And um, yeah, so I've seen a lot of bands come through. And I really like Brave Weather. I really like Magnolia Park. Um, I've known some of the guys in Magnolia Park for a while. Uh, their drummer I've known for several years. Um, so, yeah, that, I think lately I've just been spinning a lot of local stuff, and that's kind of inspired me to, like, keep going and um, keep making music. But, yeah, that's that's about it for influences, to be honest. So since you enjoy Tom DeLonge so much, you mm. should definitely check out Friend Circle. I don't know if you've heard of them yet. Yeah, they, yeah. They've been living on my For You page. Yes, <laughs> yes. So literally when I heard them instantly, they're very like, oh like, God. Too yes, yes, yes. Perfect. So you have heard of them. I was going to say, I highly yeah, recommend yeah. you go listen to them if you have not. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't dove super deep, but I think I listened to the one song that's on my for you page all the time complications really, yeah they've really <laughs> yeah. been pushing it i really like that one it's a good tune yeah 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 oh uh, yeah but i can also agree with you like i don't i don't listen to a whole lot of the the mainstream i don't know if you call it mainstream but like the more of the bigger bands i've been more on the local level and not just because of this but just because of tiktok in itself like tiktok puts these people in your for you page and puts them right in your face and it's like oh my god like, I would have discovered them if it wasn't for TikTok. Like, Arrows in Action would have discovered them if it wasn't for TikTok. You guys, Ivy Paint, Felicity, 408, none of that. And then just ironically, everybody came out of Florida. I mean, <laughs> I blame Disney. Yeah, I was going to say there's magic in the air down there. <laughs> I blame Disney. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's awesome. Now... Uh, speaking of, of music and different things like that, so Brittany and I were very much Blink-182 era, um, and we were talking about the iPod docking station and stuff like that. Like the, We were around well before that even existed, <laughs> but um, one question that we like to ask is, first and foremost, did you have a MySpace or know what MySpace was, like how it operated? I did not have a MySpace. I think it was like slightly before my time because I'm okay. 23. I'm about to be 24. So I was I was more of a Facebook kid, okay. I guess. But yeah, I mean, I, I know the I know the general gist, you know, Got it. The, the, the top eight, you know, having the song on the profile, that sort of stuff. So that's where we're kind of leading to this question, having the song on the profile. So back in the day, that was like the biggest thing to tell everybody about you. Uh, that was your profile song that told to find you yes so we've been asking everybody that comes on our show if you had a myspace today what would your profile song be oh that is tough oh man um i kind of want to give a different answer than what initially came to my head because what initially came to my head i already mentioned it was that song that i heard on that ipod doc which was <laughs> right of spring but if i did choose a different one i'd say it'd be obvious by blink 182 that okay. sounds really good that is a good one that's a good call have you heard yeah, mark hoppus by 408 
Yeah, yeah. No, I I I really dug that tune. It was did a cool. You, did you like, watch the video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've known those guys for a while. Um, we played shows together in Orlando, and um, the 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 two guitar players they used to have this other band uh, called Out of It, and uh, I tried out to be the vocalist of that band when they like first started. So yeah, I've known those guys for a while. We go, we go pretty far back and yeah, that video was awesome. Super creative. Um, shout out to the person that shot that video. Her name's Maria Giselle. Um, she's, she's a really great videographer in town. She does really great stuff. And yeah, but it was, uh, I'm sure that they got some, like, they got some looks like they were insane when they were shooting that, I'm 100% sure. They looked, got looks from a looked, poor goose just standing in the park. He's like, what's happening? We blind <laughs> reacted to it last night. That, and that's, and that, they were in a populated part of town. That was right downtown. That's where everyone is. Like, oh, no. there was, there's tons of people down there. So. Like, if you're going to do it, you might balls. as well do it right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got some stones doing that. It was, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's paying off. I mean, that song's doing super well and they're doing great things and I'm stoked for them. I love how, in how like very connected all of you guys are in the scene down there. Like, it makes me happy to see that. Cause like when we were, when we, we were in a band and everything during the MySpace era, and I mean, way back when, and we never had that type of connection with a lot of the bands in our area which made it a little bit more difficult to like to really accomplish anything because everything was a competition. So like hearing how all of you guys are so connected and supportive and you've all like been in similar projects or played shows and things like that. Like, that's awesome. Like, I love that for you guys. Cause I feel like it makes you guys, it makes you guys better, but it also makes people love you guys more. Cause it's like, yeah, I know who they are. I support them. It's not like, Oh my God, they're my competition. Yeah. Like, that's, I love it. I love Florida. I live in North Carolina, but I'm going to go to Florida. I've decided. <laughs> I'm going to the show by myself nine hours away. I'm so sorry. To do it. Um, yeah, you're, cer- you're certainly right. Everyone in the scene is like, just, we're all just kind of rooting for each other. It's not, you know, like, of course, there is a little bit of competition. That's just kind of how the industry is. You know, people are going to. Yeah do certain things at certain times and get bigger at certain times. And, um, but the way, the way I look at it, and I think most of the way that the people that want to win look at it is that every band in our scene that does well, like that's just, that's good for us. Like, well, that's just, they're just paving the way for us to do cool things right after them, you know? Oh yeah. That's a good way to look at it too. Especially cause you got Mag Park that's killing it right now. Like they are killing the game touring with Mayday Parade and everything. They just said that their merch just got dropped in Hot Topic. That's what? Awesome. Yeah, it was on their side. I missed that. Yeah. Like, wow. it's it's just, it's crazy. It's so awesome. Um, so, we always like to ask icebreaker questions because we're very sure. firm believers in we want, we could love your music and everything that you create, but people fall in love with you even more as an artist if they know who you are behind the music so mm-hmm. we like to ask random icebreaker questions and things to kind of get a better sense of who you are and show your fans that same way too 
So friend circle. Okay. Friend circle, fern kirkle, depending on how you want to look at it. They get friend called control. everything. <laughs> they, uh, uh, we, we were talking to them and they were talking about a previous interview that they did where they got asked a bunch of random off the wall questions. And they were like, yeah, they were just kind of weird. And me being me, I was like, well, what are those questions? So I can ask them at our interviews. And the one question that they had told us and we spent a, a, so much time on was this one. And it's, if you could be a sandwich, which sandwich would you be and why? Oh, yes. <laughs> the same question. I think I heard, I, f I forget which, uh, you guys did an interview with uh, some TikTok influencer or someone that's bigger on the platform. I forget his name. And he gave a great answer to this. So uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to top his answer. Um, but he, he brought up the point of, well, I don't want to be a sandwich. I want to be a human. Patrick. So I'd want to be a repulsive sandwich so that no one would eat me and I could stay alive. Or I think he even brought up like, is the sandwich alive or not? <laughs> is he aware? That was, that was hilarious. I guess I'll give a more traditional answer and not think of it as like, if I'm a human sandwich. Um, God. <laughs> oh, this is tough. I'd say I'd be like a chicken tender sub from Publix. I don't know if you, okay. you guys have Publix up in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I, I do. do not have that here. I'm in She's Maryland. in Maryland. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd be a chicken tender sub and... I just have the basics, you know, I'm not saying I'm a basic guy, but <laughs> you know, I'd have, I just have like lettuce and onions and, you know, maybe some banana pepper, maybe Ooh, a little, okay. uh, maybe a little oil and vinegar or something, you know, just, just keep it, keep it classy or toss the chicken tenders in Buffalo as well. That. Ooh. I'd be, I, that sounds like a, a sandwich that I would want any of my friends to eat if I was a sandwich. I mean, just eat me. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Patrick for breaking our question now. Everybody doesn't want to be an actual sandwich, but these yeah. are the repulsive. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, but buffalo chicken. That sounds so good. Mm -hmm. Buffalo chicken with all, oh. That's a good call. I like that mm -hmm. one. Um, now, another question we just started asking last night that as, we've only asked it once and it's proven to give quite a laugh. Brittany might have to mute herself for this one. She had to last night. But if you woke up tomorrow and realized that you were a dragon, what's the first thing you would do? God, that's a good question. <laughs> Brittany's I'd already probably, broken and you haven't even answered. I'd probably just like go to a nearby forest that no one really cares about. I guess everyone, all the green people care about all the forest, right? But I'd go to a forest that, that people don't really care about. 
and I would burn, see how far my flame from my mouth could go and how many trees I could burn down at once. I think that's what I would do. That's, I, I just want to see the number, you know, like it doesn't, I just want to see, like how much square, how many square miles of trees could I burn down in one go? So I love how the, both times that we've asked this question, everybody's like, yeah, I want to take like the fire and I want to burn shit down. But nobody has been, nobody's just a question of why did I wake up and I'm a dragon? <laughs> Where is Smokey the bear? This man's trying to burn, burn down the forest. <laughs> oh, no. Does Florida even have forests? No, we don't. We don't, we don't even have hills. We have a lot of trees, but I don't know. A lot of palm we trees. Really have forests. We have, <laughs> we have the Everglades, but like fire ain't gonna do crap to the Everglades. No. Like, yeah, no, probably not. Probably have some anaconda come out and wrap himself around your neck or something. Mm -hmm. It's called but, a nope rope. Yeah, nope rope. That's a big nope rope. But I feel like I'd be doing a favor. You know, because the trees would come back stronger than ever. It's you know, it's not, it's not like California. It wouldn't they wanna be the, the fire wouldn't spread and in, into the Hollywood Hills. It would just you know, there it's too wet here. It would just die off immediately. It's all good. He's like, Look, I just wanna see how far I can go and that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> Nature will do the rest for me. I don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. Um, that was okay. great. All right, so now keep it on the keep it on this trend because you're you're over the, like your answers right now are perfect. But <laughs> if if you were in any movie, what movie would you be in, and who would you play? Oh man, God, this is you just keep throwing the hardballs at me. I don't. Oh man, see, it makes you uh, think though. <laughs> Okay. I uh -oh. think I would want to be have you, do you ladies know the movie The Other Guys? Yes. With Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'd want to be the the guy the annoying guy in the office that always try, that always interrupts their conversations. You know what I'm talking about? The one that talks about uh <laughs> Life making a mean something, and, and then and then he's the schmuck that like almost gets the police pension fund robbed. I yes. want to be him. Why? I, okay, I'll I'll tell you why. Because I would just exaggerate everything that he says in the movie, and just make it even more over the top. And then later, after the interactions, I would just laugh to myself about how stupid the interaction was. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of one of those, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> Did that just happen? Oh my God. I just feel like it'd be the best way to make yourself laugh if I were him. Oh my God. To see the dumbest things I could say to people, the most annoying things I could say. And get away and with it? And just get away with it, yeah. I mean, I if feel like I do that in real life. 
for for anyone that hasn't seen that movie watch it it's freaking hilarious it's it so is good. though it is though although i have an unpopular opinion i'm not the biggest fan of will ferrell like that's fair he's, he's not that funny sorry don't come with don't come at me with your torches and pitchforks then just don't think he's that funny i know a lot of yeah. people that have that opinion of him though yeah, but it depends on who you're asking, because I mean, you talk about stepbrothers, and that's like taboo. Don't talk about stepbrothers. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about stepbrothers. That is a good one. <laughs> oh no, not Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno, or it's like Fight Club. What's the first rule of Fight Club? Don't talk about it. <laughs> right. See, <laughs> we should implement that into our podcast. Any episode that we do, what's the first rule of the Elder Evil Hours podcast? You don't talk about it. <laughs> oh my god. The other guys. God, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. All right. So I'm gonna ask you this one too, because you're in Orlando where mm-hmm. the magic happens. <laughs> um, so if you could be any Disney character, who would you be and why? Ooh. See, I'm not like the biggest Disney fanatic. So this will take me this will take a little more thought, to be honest. Oh. Man. You're literally in the place where the magic happens. Like I Mickey know, but... Like Mickey Mouse probably delivers pizzas to your front door. Oh dude, Mickey's so good. Oh that's such a basic answer though. I just, but I like doing the Mickey voice. Hello, I'm Mickey Mouse. So I guess Mickey. So I can just speak in that voice all the time. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Oh my God. I wasn't ready. He was like, he was like, I can do the Mickey, the Mickey Mouse voice. And then I didn't think it was going to happen. And then it came out. No. Oh my God. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, that was that great. Was great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, Mickey's good. Mickey's a classic. Yeah. Even yeah, even when he couldn't talk, like in the in the old the old black and white cartoons, I love those little cartoons. They're awesome. Oh yeah, the little black and white cartoons are have always, I think, always will be a classic because it, it introduces you to all your favorite Disney characters. Before we got introduced to Toy Story and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so pretty much now one debate that we always have uh well it's been a consistent debate in all of our interviews um so kind of going back to the sandwich question is i want to get your opinion is a hot dog a sandwich no ah! thank you a hot, a hot, a hot dog, dog is not a sandwich a hot dog is a hot dog it's a completely separate category. People, it's, I mean, there's so many different types of sandwiches, but I feel like if you have a craving for a sandwich, then you're going to eat one of those sandwiches. A hot dog does not fit into that no. whatsoever. Like, like, I don't know. Like if I go to like a basketball game with my girlfriend or something, she's going to want a hot dog. She doesn't like, I don't know. It's like, it's not a sandwich. Sometimes you're in the mood for a sandwich, 
but they, they do not correlate as far as far as like like if I want a burger, like a burger's a sandwich, mm-hmm. I'd say. I'm gonna but agree not with a that. hot not a hot dog. Yeah, because I, the I buns, feel like the buns are connected. Okay, it's okay, like, but wait. Here's 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 the flaw in that argument that has yeah. been addressed to us. But what a about sub. a sub? Oh, that's true. Shoot. Uh, so the bun yeah, guess, connection guess, is yeah that's a that's a that's that that point is irrelevant okay but still it's just a yeah. hot like a hot dog is barely meat like i don't know or what did well, the then call it? somebody they it's bologna is what they said they said it's just it's just a roll of bologna is it I, that's what I, was, I, that's what I was like, I was like, I didn't think they were made of the exact same thing because they don't taste exactly the same. What's that? What's that meme that goes around that it's like bold of you to say something so true but yet so controversial? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. <laughs> there's no hot dog. Hot dog is not baloney. I don't. I don't eat cold hot dogs though, so I don't. I don't know. But a fried bologna does not taste like a hot dog, I can tell you that. Yeah, but that's a sandwich. Right. But I'm saying I don't eat cold hot dogs because you eat bologna cold usually unless you fry it. And if you do fry it, it doesn't taste like a hot dog cooked. True. So I don't know. I don't know. You can but always no, go hot dog is like, not a sandwich. Right, like you New Haven said, it's like a hot dog is not a sandwich unless you put cheese on it, then it makes it a sandwich. I don't uh, think so. Who puts cheese on a hot dog? Like Besides, chili like, cheese dogs, I guess. Chili cheese, yeah, chili cheese, I guess. If you're putting, that's like people are. You're putting, thinking like, like putting slices of cheese on a hot dog. I, I think slices of cheese or shredded cheese. Like, Ow. no, you got to put that. You got to put that fake nacho cheese on yeah. that hot dog. That the clog your dog. arteries, cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we found somebody that agrees with us. <laughs> yeah. Out of how many times have we asked this question and everybody's like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Hot dog is a sandwich. We're like, no, it's not. It's, no, it's not. But he brings up, a, but okay, Jacob, you bring up a valid point when you're like, when you think of wanting a sandwich or when you want a sandwich, at what you point do you ever dog. say, <laughs> I want a sandwich. I'm going to eat a hot dog. Right. <laughs> Never. Yeah. No, never. That's now going to be our flaw in every conversation. Being like, or opposite. Bye. If you want a hot dog, you're not going to go get a sandwich. Like it's just not the same thing. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. did we think of that? I don't know, but I, I mean, Jacob thought of it, so now we have it. <laughs> now we've got it. <laughs> um. So uh, bringing it back to like the the music and and different things like that. The uh, I want to open a conversation with you about how you feel about social media and music now. Like, how do you feel social media does for music? Like, what are your thoughts on all of that? Oh, man, it's it's tough because I've always kind of been of the thought, like I, I grew up on musicians that did not have to utilize social media in order to build a following. You know, they did it a lot differently more traditionally like i would refer to like tom DeLong or something but i really can't because with his bands like he had a mega mega successful band in the 90s that was you know 
fueled by CD sales. And then he started another band that he was able to immediately get signed to a label because of his, what he had done prior. So, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I have a bit of a love hate relationship with social media. Like I think it's evolved society in a lot of cool ways. Like I never would have met you guys if it wasn't for social media. So that's cool. But at the same time, there, there's a lot of things that the the social media and like promotion and marketing can sometimes get in the way of music. And a lot of artists are kind of forced to, you know, focus on the marketing first before the music, which is a bit backwards. If you ask me, like I've seen like, I've seen like marketing gurus, like throw out tips saying, Oh, instead of writing songs, you should write 10 choruses and post them on TikTok and see which one performs the best and whichever one does make a full song. And I'm like, mm. like, yeah, that's cool. You're letting the market decide. Nice. But at the same time, it's like that kind of defeats the whole purpose of making art. You yeah. know, like you, it's got to come from within you. And that's why, you know, all the bands that came up before social media, that's how they got to where they are. And obviously it's different now and there's different avenues to reach fan bases, but the core of it has always been the same, you know, as far as like writing music and sharing it with people and hopefully they feel the same way or they can get something out of it and they connect with you as an artist and they connect with you as a person. So I think, but there's also a part of it of like, doing social media is hard. It's like a completely different skill set than being a musician or even just like being, yeah, I don't know. Just being a musician. It's just a, it's a completely different animal that it's almost like me with production. Like I've dedicated like the past 10 years to that and I've gotten good at it because of that social media. It's like, I guess there's a little less of a learning curve, but there's still a learning curve you know, as far as like what it takes to do well on these platforms. And I find it hard myself because I'm in all these other areas already. I'm already doing all the behind the scenes stuff for my band and I'm producing other bands and helping get their music across the finish line. Um, and I'm in college still, like I still got like a year left of school. I find it really tough to like not even make the time. Like I have time to do social media stuff, but just to like find the energy you know, just to find the energy to like make content and know what content to make. It's really hard. I have mad respect for people that do it well, like Magnolia Park or Arrows Arrows in Action. Like they've really figured out like what works and, you know, they're marketable to begin with. So it's, um, but, and they figured it out and they've like really honed in on it and it's made things really great for them. And, you know, not everyone is going to be able to execute at that level, but I'd like to do more things on social media because that's, that's kind of been our struggle as far as growing an audience. You know, we've gone through ebbs and flows of getting a lot of listeners and then they're kind of dipping off and, you know, going back and forth. And, but if you're consistent on social media, it kind of makes it easier to like stay in people's faces. But like I said, it's just, it's so hard for me personally to like, have the energy and like have the creativity to do stuff that's going to do well on TikTok or Instagram or what have you. So it's, it's like, 
it's a double-edged sword and it's super tough. And the people that do well at it, I really respect. I look up to them. I want to do the same thing. Um, cause I want to build my brand and my band just like anyone else, you know? Yeah. Now it's that- super difficult though, because you have to hit that algorithm to get on people's for you page. So yeah. like that marketing guru, like there's, that's a flawed attempt at, you know, things because who's to say that like more people really don't like the one, you know, course over the other. It's just that the other one got more attention because of the algorithm. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's, sure. that's a terrible, I, I would not take that advice at all. Yeah I've, <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of stitches of people just like completely just, just yeah. <laughs> destroying that argument. So it's, it's funny. <laughs> Yeah. Well, on the on that note, though, the the one thing that was brought up to us prior from other artists is like doing that theory is like great in a sense because it kind of gets a feel for how people feel about it. But a lot of the same time, it's like, yeah, people discover your music or they use your sound, they use your music. But what are the chances of them actually ever going to Spotify to ever listen to you or to actually like care for you as a band or artist unless just being just a TikTok sound? So they're like, it's like, it's great because yeah, it gets you, your numbers are up there like on Spotify and stuff like that, but people are only listening to you because they found you as a sound, not as a band or an artist. And that's where the frustration comes in. And I was like, that's a valid point. Yeah. And that's the thing with TikTok, especially is that, um, I, I don't know about you ladies, but I don't ever go on my following page ever. Like I don't either. I am exclusively on my for you page so if something doesn't hit the page like i don't see it so it's mm-hmm. like even if you build a good following like you know say 10 20 30 000 followers on tiktok like you can post good consistent content for a while and it just will not get attention and even your followers won't see it you know it's the same thing with like facebook like over the past like seven or eight years they've you know lowered the reach more and more and more and more people are going to get on TikTok, so it's going to get tougher and tougher. And I've, you know, I've found myself kind of beating myself up about this whole thing about like not being more consistent with content and not doing more, um, and not being early enough. But it's at the same time, it's like I can't turn back time. I can only focus on the future. So you know, I can just try and do better every day. But it's also like you got to focus on your mental health first. Like if that stuff is messing with your, with your, with your mental, like. It's, you know, it's not worth it, but yeah. Yeah. It's really difficult. Um, Cause like I run our TikTok page and it's like, it's really difficult for me to see such the change in influx and in numbers. Like, oh, we had so many videos that did so well in the algorithm and now they're just not, it, it can get super discouraging. And I can only imagine how that feels for musicians and stuff too. If like, Hey, I put my heart and soul into the song, putting it out there and it just doesn't do well. Like that can be disheartening all the way around. Um, and I feel like that's the double-edged sword that we run into with TikTok and social media of, yeah, it's great. It puts you in front of a lot of people, but how many of those people actually give a shit for lack of a better term? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like I remember when I first started posting on there, like somewhat consistently, I was producing or I was doing producer content. And so I got a lot of producers following me. And then that was kind of a mistake because once I started posting music related stuff, like stuff relating to my own band, it just doesn't do as well. Like, mm-hmm. like I was, I was getting a decent, like I wasn't going crazy viral or anything, but when I was posting the producer stuff, you know, 
I get, you know, several thousand views, you know, hundred comments, whatever. And, uh, but then, you know, if you kind of, if you don't really stay in your niche on that platform, then it's really tough to like continually get, continually grow. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they can do any, if the app can do anything differently to kind of solve that. I guess it's more, I guess it's more people just can think of it more as a funnel. Like mm-hmm. TikTok's kind of the top of the funnel and the people that really care will go and follow you on Instagram or they'll really watch their following page or they'll really pay attention to you or they'll keep an eye on their release radar on Spotify or, or and whatnot and see if you're putting out new stuff. But yeah, I mean, as a, for Miramar Drive, that's something that we've consistently run into. You know, a problem that we've run into is just like, um, you know, we get sometimes have gotten an influx of listeners and then it kind of dies off and then it's just like a teeter totter thing. Um, and it, it can be really disheartening. Like it's especially like over the pandemic when, cause like at the beginning of 2020, like our plan was to release a, a song like every six weeks, every other month or something. And then once the studio that we used shut down, um, it, it kind of just like threw a wrench in all of those plans and made things, made things really tough. Like made it almost impossible for us to get in the same room and like, right. Um, so we just kind of been slowly trickling things out. Like we just put out, uh, a, a cover of when you were young by the killers mm-hmm. and we recorded it like a year ago. Um, like all the, all the stuff that we've released in the last year was kind of all recorded around the same time. And we just been trickling it out slowly because we've just got a bunch of other things going on. And like you said, it's like when things don't go well, it's like, it's kind of discouraging. And then you're like, ah, do I really want to put out another song in two months? Uh, let me focus on this or that, you know, um, especially me producing other bands. It's like, especially bands that are doing well and that I have to keep up with like Ivy paint, you know, like they're on a pretty strict release schedule for the rest of the year. So, um, so, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, it, it really gets in the way. Like I could really make time for it. Um, but it's like, it's just, it's all just, you know, playing mental mind games and just trying to, trying to make stuff make sense in your, in your head as far as like, you know, what to focus on. So yeah, it gets tough. I feel like one of the, the talking about the better sides of TikTok and social media is TikTok allows artists to be more interactive and closer to their fans. I think like it gives you, it takes away the gatekeeper the gatekeeper type of mentality of like oh there's no way i could ever talk to this band or interact with this band at any point and then you have on tiktok and there's people like papa roach who are killing tiktok but they're also responding to comments and things like that like it's it keeps it gets everybody that more the personal side of things for i mean it helps to keep people engaged i feel like it doesn't make it seem like it's, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. I, th- I think Instagram has turned into more of a promotional platform, I guess. Like everyone's trying to sell themselves there yeah. and TikTok is like more, people are more so just having fun and just like whatever happens happens. Um, but yeah, so like, like I said, I, I, I'd love to do more stuff on there, but it's also just like working up the courage to like put yourself out there like that on an app like that is tough. And I'm, it's not something that like, I'm, it's like comes easy for me, like being on camera, talking to the camera, you know, 
doing all that sort of stuff. Um, like I said, I'm trying to work towards that and get better at it, but that's why I just have such mad respect for the people that do it and do it well. Um, it's super, super impressive to me, but yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I think TikTok, like you mentioned, like it's the, the audience feels more connected to the artists more than ever, especially if the artist is like going live on TikTok. Um, so it's super cool. I'm, I'm really, like I said, it's, it's a double-edged sword, but I, I, I'd like to try and have as much like good faith in these advances in technology and like advances in society and try not to look at things through like such dark colored glasses, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. But and I feel like TikTok's one of those places where when you're doing the lives and everything like that, again, it's taking away the gatekeeper, but it's also a great place for you to shoot your shot. Like we've done that with a lot of like artists and things we've had on the show or people that we've talked to is we've just gone into the comment section or in a live and shot our shot to be like, Hey, come on our show. We'd love to have you on our show. And like, it works like it, not all the time, but it pans out because they're like, yeah, totally. Or it's like, Hey, we would have never have known that you had existed. And again, it's the same thing for music. Like we wouldn't have known of anybody that existed, like of who we interact with now, who we're friends with, who we listen to all the time. If it wasn't for TikTok, throwing them in our for you page. And I, yeah, uh, well, act to TikTok for that one because again, we wouldn't be talking. We wouldn't be talking to you at this point. Yep. Yeah, I, it's it's cool. Like how accessible everyone is now. Um, like for example, like Ivy Paint when they got Kellen to feature on Fifty Fifty, it was it, they just kind of shot in the dark. It was just like, all right, let's just shoot him a DM, see what he says, you know, hit him back really fast, like the song. And then he was on it. It was weird. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It was weird to like be sitting at my desk, like with this session open and I'm sitting here editing Kellen Quinn's freaking vocals. Like (laughs) that was, that was awesome. Um, like I wasn't, I haven't been like, uh, like a huge massive fan of him for that long, but like I've known who he is and I've really respected, um, him and his music. So just to have someone of that stature, like, like, send me like their vocals to like make sound nice. It was, um, it was really cool, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really awesome. Like just how, just how accessible everyone is now. And like, you know, it's, uh, they're just one DM, one comment away. Yeah. You know? Anything's yeah. possible. That's crazy. Infinite possibility. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And like Kellen is now everywhere. Like anytime you turn around, he is on, everything he's everywhere but i also think it's really cool that like some of those artists that we grew up with or we listen to consistently and things like that like helen quinn sleeping with sirens are also using their platform to help a lot of these up-and-coming artists like i give them mad respect for that i think that is awesome and that kind of leads back to the whole community being so super supportive of everything and not only that but like also being like mutually supportive of people like Brittany and i because we never would have expected that the culture that we came from was it's like oh hey so we you want to promote us that's great we played a show for you now you're welcome yeah like (laughs) you're welcome we did you a favor or now it's like everybody's just so mutually supportive and like yo if you need anything let us know or hey if you're doing this let us know like 
or if we're like, oh, hey, we're going to this state. They're like, oh, let us know. We'll meet up and do whatever. Like it's, it's cool. It's, yeah. it's a much different atmosphere now. And the comeback phase that we're in right now for the genre and the scene and everything, I'm here for it. We need this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like, it's kind of lessening the egos of people too. Like, cause we're all just realizing that all these, all these people that we like that make music and stuff, like they're just people, you know? And it's Probably like, if you meet it. Yeah. I mean, when you meet any of these, these cool artists, um, you know, most of them are just like really nice, genuine down to earth people. And that's why they are where they are, you know, because you don't make it in a certain industry, especially an industry that's really hard to make it into without being like a cool person. Um, I mean, there are exceptions, obviously, but I'm saying like the, 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 the vast majority of people within the scene that we're in currently, like, I think that, you know, everyone's just like, they're just, we're, I think we're all starting to learn, you know, collectively that like being nice wins. Yeah. Just period. But I think it's also great that some bands, when you sit there and you talk to them be like, you guys are like, you guys are killing it. You guys are doing all these great things. And they're like, thanks, but okay. Like their, their egos are not inflated by any of this. Like when, yeah. cause we have, we have airs and actions coming on the Super show. On humble. Yeah. We've got them coming on the show on Monday. And like, as we talked about, they're killing it right now. They're everywhere. Like they're doing all of these crazy things. And I'm like, y'all have been doing all of these things or the home team. Same thing with them. We're like, you guys are killing it right now. And they're just kind of like, yeah, we do what we can. And I'm like, how take the cop? Like I'm trying to inflate your ego here. And you're just kind of like popping a hole in it. And you're just kind of like, no, whatever. Like it's so, but we love it. Stay that way. Cause like, yeah, don't please don't take jerks. that the wrong way. Like, yeah. <laughs> we love, we love it. <laughs> we love it. Like it's like we said before, it was like, Oh, okay. We did you a favor. We played one of your shows. Like, yeah. Okay. But I also think that's where this, this whole comeback phase and the independent scene is really making a huge difference. Cause the independent scene right now, I like independent artists and things like that is much bigger than it used to be. And I feel like everybody is like all these the independents and things like that are like they're taking the music back they're like you know we don't need all of this like don't let me sign my life away for 15 20 years when i could literally do it on my own and the rewards are better like people i think are waking up to that so it's not so industrialized um yeah which is really cool to watch at the same time yeah i mean it's it's just it's not for everybody as far as like the major label you know, machine or even like the independent label machine, because, you know, you just, once, once you sign, it's like, you just have so many people, so many more people to answer to people that are literally relying on you for their livelihoods. So things can get just, things can just get murky, but, um, but yeah, arrows in action, they're killing it. I hope they stay independent for a while. Cause I, I think, I think, I think they're going to be huge and I think they have all the leverage staying independent they've been they've been killing it just like forging their own way um and yeah i mean i i uh talked to them the other day at the show and just just like i remembered three years ago they're still like the nicest dudes um super chill and i haven't met the home team but i did see them with arrows in action in orlando like three years ago that was a fun show 
That was a fun show. Yeah, we were talking to Brian of the home team and we were talking about errors in action and stuff too. Cause I think it's so interesting how like the, the home team and arrows are friends and they're on two different ends of the States and all this other stuff. And he was like, he goes, yeah, maybe eventually we'll do like arrows and the home team tour or shows or something like that. And I was like, I would literally die if you're like, <laughs> Hey, arrows in action in the home team. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'd have to pick her up off the floor. She'd I'm be- going to go have a stroke. I'll be back. but but even then that's really cool how everybody not just in their own like circle but just like everywhere like the home team's in flipping washington state but they're all friends with everybody that's on the east coast or Mm -hmm. same thing with patrick from that my weekend and it's so crazy how really big this scene is but also how small it is at the same time yep But again, everybody that we have ever interacted with, except for what I think like three people have been super supportive, like super for this. And they're like, hey, you're you're doing us a favor. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. We've only had two, three people that are like, you guys suck. No. Like, okay. Then we had one band not even answers at all i was like whatever we got yeah we got ghosted (laughs) we got insulted and i'm like all i'm doing is asking you for an hour of your time to sit here and talk about you that's all i'm asking for that's all i want um but uh jacob talk to me about what's next for you and for miramar drive what do you have uh, that well, that you're allowed to tell us coming up that we have to look forward to. Yeah, so we're we're heading to the studio in like less than three weeks uh, to record some drums for like two new songs. Um, and yeah, I mean they'll probably come out pretty soon. I mean, what we're in the beginning of April, so I'd say like. We'll, we'll have some new music in like June, I'd say. Okay. And I think the plan is to kind of, I've been very inspired by my boys and Ivy Paint, you know, continuing to release music like super consistently. So that's something I want to do personally. And I think the other guys in the band also want to do things more consistently because it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of work, uh, mm-hmm. especially when you're doing it yourself uh, from start to finish. But uh, it's still a lot of fun. So I think the plan is to continue putting out songs like every every other month or so. So expect new music. Probably not doing any more covers for a while. We've done like two of those recently. Um, but those are also fun. We want to start playing more shows. I don't see I don't see a tour in the cards anytime super soon. We are not quite there yet, um, but that's ultimately something that I think we all want to do is get out on the road and, and play for people. But we got to kind of get our ducks in a row here uh, in our hometown first. I mean, we I, like I said, I've, I've been at the music thing for a long time. So it's like I the good thing is that like the music part of it, is taken care of like we know how to write good songs we we're good musicians I'm, i can confidently say that 
you know, the next thing to figure out is just how to get more people to hear Miramar drive, you know, and you know, whatever I got to do to get us to be able to do that. I'm going to do so. We are here to help with that. (laughs) Yes. I really really do appreciate you ladies having me on. Uh, I appreciate everything you're doing. You guys are doing so much good, so much positivity. Uh, I can feel the love. It's great. So keep it up. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll have an Ivy paint and Miramar drive show. Maybe. we uh oh like uh, like a podcast together no well i mean we well, could we do, could that, do that, too. that too i just oh, mean okay. like playing a show oh like, with we, you. Yeah. we did actually play a show with them uh back in august they put on um it was kind of their first show back after the lockdown our first show back too and um we played with a bunch of local bands all the homies and uh ended up selling out so that was cool uh we opened we opened the show and Ivy Paint was headlining, so I think that's gonna be an annual thing. So, if uh, if any of I think it's gonna be sometime in August. So, if if Your either of y'all, August. my birthday's in August. <laughs> if either of y'all are gonna be around, um, I'm I'm pretty sure that that show is gonna be happening again. I think they want it to be an annual thing. Um, it's up to them because they're the ones that put yeah. on the show. So. But yeah, I, I would I would hope that they would invite us back to play again. I'm sure that I, I hopefully yeah. they, they better. They better. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna Go say, better. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, but we we are coming up on the hour mark as far as the episode is concerned. So we want to yep. thank you for coming and spending some time with us. Um, I know you're busy, you've got a lot of things going on, so just taking an hour of your time to hang out with us to do an episode has been awesome. Um, if there's anything that we could ever do for you in any way, shape or form, you for Miramar drive for your, the producing side of things, anything that we can do, please let us know. Um, I don't have a million dollars. I can't give you that, but, um, <laughs> anything else aside from that, please we let can us promote know the heck out of it. We can promote <laughs> the heck out of it. Um, and maybe, I mean, there's a couple of things in the air of us getting down to, Orlando in the next six months or so. So if all of that works out, we would of course love to see you guys. Um, even if it's just to hang out or anything like that. But if there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. We'll be more than happy to do it. But again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the kindness. And it's been awesome talking to you ladies. Yeah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we have had Jacob on here from Miramar Drive. Please, if you do not follow them already, please go find them on all social media platforms. Uh, Please go find them, listen to them, follow them, do all of the things. Please even go raid them and not physically on social media. Go raid them and tell them the elder email hour sent you. But again, thank you for coming, hanging out with us. Uh, We are the elder emo hours and this was Jacob from Miramar Drive.